you have your Bibles, if you'll open up the book of Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. We're continuing our series on endings bring new beginnings. We started this last week. Bill was the first one to bring us a lesson from the series. When something ends, something new begins, especially in, in Scripture. When we look at Scripture, we see over and over again this idea that endings start something new. Today we're going to be talking about what I call the end of normal. Something ends, something new begins, and we're really going to be talking about the end of normal. I guess you'd say it was a normal day. With the normal task one normally does when one is fishing. But today would be different. This day would be different because this would be the last time, the very last time that Simon would sit in his boat and clean his nets. It would be the last time that his life would be about fish. The last time his world would be fishing because everything was about to change. You see, Simon met Jesus. Jesus was preaching, and Jesus climbed up into Simon's boat. And he said to him, cast your net on the other side. I see that you haven't caught anything. Cast your nets on the other side. And Simon responded, Master, we have toiled all night, and we have caught nothing. But at your word, I will do as you ask. And suddenly, life for Simon changed. Suddenly everything was different and a new normal began. One that would lead Simon on paths of adventure and roads towards danger beyond the reaches of his little boat. All because Simon met and responded to Jesus that day. Now, I want you to know, Scripture shows us over and over again that contact with Jesus changes everything. Those who meet Jesus don't live the same life ever again when they do. When a person interacts and meets with Jesus, Jesus changes their world. He influences their life forever. Often that interaction brings with it a new normal. A new normal. As you see people coming into Jesus' life, and the blind suddenly can see, and the lame suddenly uh, can have the ability to walk, Jesus interacts with individuals and changes their lives forever. Now we want to ask the question, when he's saying the word normal, what do we mean? What does it mean when we talk about normal? Well, that's what happens naturally. As we talk about the normal life and the end of normal, we're talking about things that happen naturally. Normal doesn't take much work to happen. It just, it just takes place. It's just the natural overflow of life. It's what's typical. It's what's expected. In other words, it's normal. There's, there's certain things that we do that are normal. It's normal to smile when one is happy. Or to weep when one is sad. That's, that's ordinary. That's typical. That's expected. That's normal. 
We eat when we're hungry and we seek self-preservation when we're under attack. It's handling a situation as one normally would, as a situation normally calls for. But when Jesus comes into individual's life, when he comes in on the scene, his teachings are anything but normal. When you hear Jesus preach, you hear Jesus teach, you hear Jesus interact with others, I want you to know there is nothing normal about the things that Jesus says. Listen with me in Matthew chapter 5. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say, don't resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them two miles. He says, turn the cheek, go the extra mile. That's not normal. It's not normal. Jesus will go on in verse 42. Give to the one who begs of you. Do not, refuse, do, do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard it said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies? Pray for those who persecute you? That's not normal. Exactly. And Jesus will go on in chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink about your body. What you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. For so many of us in life, life is about eating and survival and clothing. And Jesus says, but in my world, not that way. It's not normal. Or maybe here's Matthew chapter 10. Remember, Jesus had just told us, told us to love our enemies. Now listen to this in Matthew chapter 10. Do not think I've come to bring peace on the earth. I've not come to bring peace but the sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So I think to myself, so I'm supposed to love my enemies, but I'm supposed to expect tension in, in my family system. In fact, my love for Jesus is to surpass those of my family. I'm actually supposed to not love my family as much as I love Jesus, according to this passage. How strange. How strange. And you come back and you go, you know what? Jesus is anything but normal. I mean, when his teachings come in and we read his teachings, we go, that's not normal. And I think we kind of all know this kind of wrap our heads around it to say, you know, Christianity is kind of not normal. I think about families and how opposite they look from the rest of the world. You ever been in a restaurant and you saw a family that was Christian sitting there praying over their meal and how strange. I mean, can you imagine looking in on that and how strange that would look? You think, you know, who are they talking to? Who are they talking to? Are they brainwashing their children? Christianity is not, it's not normal. It's opposite of the world. And they live as if they're not of this world. There's a level of fear that they don't have. Christians are different in that way. 
They don't fear death. You know, most people in this life, they, they, they seek treasure and they fear death. Christians don't fear death, but fear the lure of treasure. Isn't that strange? What is it about Christianity that's so opposite this world? Christians are weird. They're not normal. They read from a 2,000-page book 2,000 years old. That's, that's strange. And they read it all the time. Where I'm wondering, you know, what's happening in, in D.C. or what's happening in the Middle East or what's happening up in Washington State? You know what they're thinking about? What's happening in Philippi? What's happening in Rome? It's odd. And Christians, Christians aren't normal in the sense that it's not normal to eat cracker and drink juice on Sundays and just have a little, you know, just have a little juice and cracker and, and sit and think about dying, think about death and resurrection. That's odd. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Christianity is not what the world would expect it to look like. If there were any other scenario where people acted the way Christians act, we would all think they were strange. I, I talked to the students at the well. I, I say, can you imagine if, if someone were talking about William Shakespeare the way we talk about Jesus? And they said, you know, I, I'm reading about William Shakespeare, and you should come. And on Sunday mornings, we talk about William Shakespeare, and we're reading the, the works of William Shakespeare, and we're translating them from, from another, well, from English, but it's like another language, and we're learning all about William Shakespeare. If you heard that, that would be so strange. And yet, that's the kind of life Christians live. Why? Because God calls us to something different. And it's not normal. It's not normal. Not the way that the world sees normal. Simon was normal. He had a normal persona. He was a fisherman. He caught fish. That's what he did for a living. He had a normal passion. His passion was fish. It was fish. His income was fish. His success was fish. Failure involved fish. Retirement was about fish. And he had a normal purpose. He lived to fish, which became his normal practice. So what did he do? What was Simon doing all the time? He was fishing. He was cleaning nets. He was working with a boat. That's what fishermen do. But then one day, Simon met Jesus. And everything changed. If you have your Bibles, look in Luke chapter 5 with me. Here's what it says. Verse 4, Jesus said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we took in nothing. But at your word, we will let down our nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. Jesus met Peter, he met Simon, and everything began to change. 
suddenly Simon had a new persona. Listen to this in verse 10. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're a fisher of men. You will catch men. How odd is that? Can you imagine somebody walking up to you, your fisherman, and saying, hey, from now on, you're going to catch people. There's no context for this in Peter's life. In Simon's life, it's out of the clear blue. You're going to start catching people. He has a new persona, and with that new persona comes a new passion. Fish are no longer top priority anymore. Now people are. Now people are. Look at verse 12. It says, while he, was with one, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man with leprosy who begged Jesus. He fell at his feet. He begged him. I want you to see Simon Peter now is in the midst of a situation that he wouldn't have been in yesterday. Yesterday, he's a fisherman cleaning his nets. Today, in verse 12, he's with a man with leprosy. Look on, verse 17. He finds himself with a paralytic, someone paralyzed. Verse 27, he sees Levi at the tax collector's booth. And go on in verse 29, he eats dinner at Levi's house. What's happening? Fishing is no longer a priority. Before, it was all about fish. You'd never find a fisherman at a tax collector's house. But you do today. You never find a fisherman with a leper. But you do today. Why? Because he's no longer a fisherman. Now he's a fisher of men. He has a new purpose, a new persona, a new passion, and it leads to a new purpose. His purpose now is for the Word of God to be made known to mankind, to humanity, the message of Jesus. And so Peter, Peter finds himself surrounded with people, and he has a new practice. His new practice now is teaching Jesus, sharing Jesus. Do you see that in the book of Acts? Remember chapter 2? Who was this unschooled man? Peter, standing in front of the group, the crowd. In Acts chapter 2, proclaiming the message so boldly that Jesus Christ had been crucified by the crowd and that they were in need of a Savior and those who repent and be baptized will be saved. Once again, here's Peter, no longer fishing for fish, but now fishing for people. He fishes for people. I guess what I'm saying is the end of normal became a new normal for Simon. For Simon Peter, his world is now turned upside down and he has a new normal. The end of being a fisherman and the start of being a fisher of men. Well, that's all fine and good. That's all fine and dandy. But what's the application to us? I mean, what does this have to do with us? I mean, we're not fishermen. I assume nobody here fishes for a living. It's kind of hard in West Texas to do that for a living. 
And if you fish, you might use a rod instead of a net. So what's the application for us? I mean, here we are, and we're just, we're just here reading this story that's 2,000 years old. I got to tell you that God is calling us to something bigger than ourselves. I don't know if you knew this, but Simon or Peter, as he was known, he wrote a book. Interestingly enough, we call it Peter. He also had a sequel, we call it Peter 2, or 2 Peter, right? But Peter wrote a book, and in that book, Peter talks about how a believer, when they meet Jesus, a change occurs. And that change that occurs was going to bring a new persona, a new passion, a new purpose, and a new practice. You, as believers, have a new persona, a new passion, a new purpose, and a new practice. Just like Peter, he was called to fish for people. What are you called to? Well, Peter's going to tell us. Peter's going to tell us in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9, here's what he says. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. In that little sentence, he says, look, just like I was a fisherman and now I fish for men, so you are something. And here's what you are. There was a time in your life where you're just another people from another culture in another country. I mean, think about this. This, this, this passage has been read for 2,000 years to people in various cultures. People in, people in England before us and Spain, Portugal, and before them, people who lived in Rome and Germania, various cultures. But now, here we are, people in our culture, reading this message, and here's what it says. You are no longer just people from a culture and a specific country. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And I want you to notice this. You have a purpose and a mission in life that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. Now, how do you do that? You do it in all the ways that God has gifted you. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that God took someone who fished and he just nudged him and said, now do that for me, for others. You used to fish, but now I want you to fish for me with people. I want you to share me wherever you go. And in Peter's case, it's very different than Paul's. Paul went out to all the world. Peter stayed home with his own people and ministered to them. But we see this calling, this calling to be who you are in Christ Jesus. How can you, as you are, declare 
the excellencies. Proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. I believe God has called us to the end of normal. No longer are we who we once were before. Say, you know, I once, I once was a school teacher, but now you're a school teacher who proclaims the marvelousies of him who called you. Well, I once did construction. You did, but now you do construction to proclaim the, the marvelousies of him who called you. Who are you in Christ Jesus? Because I want you to know your persona has changed. So, so should your purpose and your passion and your practices. Will endings bring new beginnings? And today there is a new normal. It's the new normal of following Jesus. And it's going to look different for so many of us. But I want you to know this. As we follow him, the bottom line is you are made new. Will you declare his excellencies in all of your life and all that you do? He has called you out of darkness and into a wonderful light. If you need anything from this body, we are here to serve you today. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing together?